It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, your host, along with James Rapine, who will be joining me later to recap Bengals-Browns as the Bengals drop to 2-0. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league the League of Football Watchers. This season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. I personally love streaming my own play-by-play when I watch the game, but no matter how you watch the Bengals, Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. I'm going to start the show with my immediate reaction to the game, then I'll be joined by James to get some of his takes. We'll talk about a little bit of the post-game press conference stuff, and we'll take a look back through the quarters at what happened in this game for the Bengals and where it went wrong, which really was before halftime, but we'll talk about that later on in the show. Let's get started, though, by talking about the overall view of the game itself and some of the big takeaways. I'm going to try to start with the positives from the 35-30 to loss to the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland on Thursday night for the Bengals. And, and that positive is Joe Burrow. He was 37 of 61 for 316 yards, which you might be thinking to yourself, oh, that's only 5.5, 5.2 yards per attempt. That's pretty bad. Yeah, that's true. He threw three touchdowns, though, took three sacks, including one strip sack near the Bengals' own goal line that led to points for Cleveland. That wasn't his fault, by the way, and had a passer rating of 90.6. 61 passes is the second most passes attempted by a rookie, and by early accounts on Twitter from what I've seen, Joe Burrow sets a rookie record with 37 complete passes in a game. Burrow and A.J. Green couldn't get on the same page, and the deep ball wasn't really working still for the Bengals, although there were some downfield completions. But the offensive line was, again, incredibly concerning. In addition to those three sacks, Joe Burrow took seven more QB hits. He scrambled seven times. He took hits on most of those, too. He just got hit a ton in this game. The Bengals' run offense couldn't get anything going. Joe Mixon going for 16 carries, 46 yards. That's under three yards per carry largely looking thwarted at every turn with a long run of nine. Gio just had one carry for three yards. It looked like a touchdown, but it was overturned on review. Still not quite sure how that happened. And A.J. Green had 13 targets, only catching three of them for 29 yards. There was a target late in the game that should have probably been called pass interference when the defensive back held down his second hand as he goes for a one-handed catch on a perfect throw, again, from Joe Burrow in the end zone. And... It didn't matter. The Bengals end up scoring anyway on a touchdown to Tyler Boyd in garbage time to make it a one-score game, and they end up losing 30-35. to So what went wrong is, well, they couldn't get any stops on defense. The Browns in the entire game 
punted once as the Browns faced just eight third downs in the entire game. They converted five of them, and they went for it on fourth down two other times, including one fourth and goal play when the Bengals got a stop before, just just a few plays before the Bengals end up giving the ball right back on a strip sack, right around where the Browns turned it over. So they were incredibly efficient where the Browns, they had 58 plays, went 434 total yards on 10 drives, averaging seven and a half yards per play, and they ran the ball for 215 yards. There's an old adage that says running backs don't matter, running games don't score points, but when you average 6.1 yards per carry, eventually running games score points. And not only that, they were breaking off chunk runs as the Bengals couldn't handle Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt in this one. They had no answer for the Browns offensive line. I think I saw something that said they totaled maybe two pressures on the night. They didn't get a single hit on Baker Mayfield, who when he did throw the ball had all day and was mostly good. He didn't see William Jackson on the one pick he threw that gave the Bengals an outside shot, like the slimmest of possibilities of getting back into the game. But the Bengals just couldn't get any chunk plays themselves. I mean, they had a couple, but overall they ran 88 plays for just 353 total yards. Yes, a step forward than what they did against the Chargers, but the Browns' defense, especially in the back end, was worse. And even when Joe Burrow did have time, which ESPN says he was only pressured on 18 of his 64 dropbacks or something along those lines, he was forced to check it down all game long. The The guys weren't getting open maybe when they should have, and, and even when there wasn't immediate pressure, he's checking the ball down the whole game. And A.J. Green with those 13 targets, not catching very many of them, so who did the work for the Bengals in the passing game where Joe Burrow did complete 37 passes? Tyler Boyd had seven catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. He also dropped a touchdown earlier in the game that is a stone-cold drop. Joe Burrow had a beautiful throw on a little flat route going toward the corner of the end zone, the front pylon, and it was just a drop. The Bengals end up settling for three there. And, and I think that in some places... Zach Taylor, very aggressive in this game. Five of five on on fourth down conversion attempts because in the second half they had to go for it. But the fear in this game was always that if the Browns got up, they would be able to run the ball and kill the clock. And that's exactly what happened in the second half. They went into halftime leading 21 to 13 because the Bengals couldn't stop Baker in the passing game early. And William Jackson even got away with a flagrant pass interference to save a touchdown. And then in the second half, leading... Cleveland just ran it the rest of the game, and and there was nothing the Bengals could do. They were missing tackles. They could generate no pressure, no penetration. I think they had one tackle for a loss in the entire game, and that's just not going to get it done on defense, and that's why the Bengals lost 35-30. to Coming up next, I'm joined by James Rapine for the rest of the show as we go through what happened outside of the big takeaways that I just covered, some of the specific things that may have gone wrong or gone well, some of the stats coming out after the game that are interesting. So stick around while we finish our recap for week two. Today's post-game show is brought to you by Visa. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, Local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol 
and pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm now joined by my esteemed co-host, James Rapine, for the rest of the show. James, I know it's really late. One o'clock your time there in Cleveland as we record this show. I talked about my big takeaways. Let's get your big takeaways, and then I'll tell you what I agree with and what I said and and where we differ. Well, first, the Bengals need to invest in some kind of shoulder gadget or something because whatever the hell is going on with Geno Atkins' shoulder, you got to get it fixed. This it, It was ridiculous. First off, Baker Mayfield, a guy who's struggling, comes out and looks like Joe Namath. I mean, he's just balling. He starts five for five, leads the Browns on three touchdowns, Uh, touchdown drives in the first four possessions looks unbeatable and they didn't even at that point they hadn't really gotten the ground game going Jake and that was the scary part because that's something I had stressed all week and obviously we had talked about uh, right here on this podcast and that's when you knew because the passing game was rolling and you gave up a big play to Odell Beckham Jr. downfield and they were converting on third down when they needed to uh, to different players and it just seemed like uh-oh, you gave these guys the confidence they needed, and that was it. Because they always had Chubb, they always had Hunt, and that was always going to work with Atkins out and Daniels out. And you saw it on that final drive. Like, that that was my fear. That was what you had to avoid. And your linebackers got exposed, and it was pretty clear they were going to, I thought, and they did, because the, the defensive front it wasn't what you had hoped it would be. It wasn't what you built this offseason when you brought in DJ Reader to go alongside Geno Atkins. And then when you had some injuries, you go get Mike Daniels. And they desperately need those guys back because this Browns team should be able to run the ball against anyone with those two backs. It's the best one-two combo in the league. And they, they were dominant, you know, 210 yards, three touchdowns. And it really... It's the one thing I know there's a lot of nice things to say about the Bengals offense, you know, from a passing perspective, uh, obviously the offensive line we can talk about too, but man, the first two games, Joe Mixon and this rushing attack and, and just the way they've used him and, and, and honestly, the way he's played, it's been trash and, and that can't happen when you're paying him $12 million a year. That can't happen if you know, he was a second round draft pick and you're banking on him to be the starting running back, you know, and, and it's, uh, he, he entered this game averaging 5.1 yards per carry in six matchups against the Browns. He averaged 2.9 on Thursday night on 16 attempts. That's ridiculous. Giovanni Bernard gets the ball down to the one inch line and Mixon runs backwards, nine feet, three yards. I get it. He got hit at the two-yard line, and then he tried to bust it out, and he got tackled at the five, and they don't end up scoring on it. That was a huge play uh, and a huge sequence in the game, and it wasn't just all on Joe, but there was just 
so much there. So I know I'm ranting. It is 1 a.m. I'll probably have a couple more rants. But this is kind of how I expected it to go. I picked the Browns to win by a, a one-possession game. I didn't expect it to be this high scoring. But I, I was wondering how the hell they were going to stop Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And the scary part was is they couldn't even stop Baker Mayfield to start things. And that's uh, th- that's pretty concerning from a defensive perspective. So uh, hopefully Geno Atkins can come back soon and, and Mike Daniels. But I, I don't think they're going to solve everything. I think they would have made a difference on Thursday. But I don't, I don't think they're going to solve everything here. The, the Bengals defense certainly has some uh, similar issues that they had a, a year ago. I think you hit on a lot of the, the same notes I did. The concern for me at halftime was the Browns are ahead. And now they can just run the ball for the rest of the game. And and the Bengals just aren't going to get a stop. The Browns punted once in this game. I mentioned in the five minute before you joined me, James. And the Bengals had one interception. And, and I guess they got a turnover on downs right on the, the doorstep of their own end zone. But besides that, there were no stops in this defense night. And it, it's, it's honestly a little bit shocking that they even did get the, the stops in the red zone there that they did. With with how little they you know they they couldn't tackle they couldn't get penetration they didn't have good good gap discipline and I mean yeah like you said a lot of the same problems last year on defense on on offense you talk about the offensive line all you want I think Joe Burrow played a pretty good game the concern the concern through two games for Joe Burrow and, and not a long term concern for Joe Burrow more of a concern for for the Cincinnati Bengals offense is just how inefficient this Bengals passing offense has been on, on a per play basis. They're, they're averaging like five plays, five yards per pass. I think through two games, give or take and and the passing game in terms of efficiency right now looks a lot more like a running game, which which we, you know, you can talk forever about how inefficient running games are. Eric eager, who we had on the show to talk about the Joe Mixon deal when it was signed has a pretty cool split on, on Joe Burrow because a lot of people, want to blame Brian Baldinger included want to blame the Bengals for going empty and doing empty protection stuff and want to say that's a problem. Joe Burrow on empty plays against the Browns 14 of 21 for 129 yards and three touchdowns, including uh, one sack. He was 6.1 yards per attempt on those dropbacks and on protections other than empty when he, when it wasn't just Joe Burrow alone by himself back there, he was 23 of 40 for 187 yards, zero touchdowns, took two of his sacks in those plays, 4.7 yards per attempt. So you can't blame empty. He was he was much more efficient when they went five wide. And and so I have concerns about this wide receiver room at this point, to be honest. I, people like to focus on the offensive line. I don't think that these receivers are getting open consistently, despite how good they look on paper. Something that I'm going to be looking at very closely when the All-22 comes out. And what happened to John Ross? T. Higgins ran the the third most routes of any wide receiver on this team, and John Ross disappeared. I don't know. I have no idea. And when you're talking about big plays, and this team through two games has one pass play, one of 20 or more yards, that's nuts. I, I mean, that's that's insane when you when, you, when you're talking about uh, you know this offense and these weapons. Uh, especially tonight against the secondary that's certainly beatable or tonight, you know, Thursday night. So I I don't know what happened. 
And I, I know people on Twitter and, and the Twitter trolls, oh, T. Higgins should be in there anyway. Fine, whatever. T. Higgins, he can play as much as he freaking wants or as much as you want him to. But the reality is, is he's not a burner and he isn't scaring anyone. And A.J. Green, as of right now, doesn't appear to be scaring people downfield. And Tyler Boyd isn't going to do that as good as he was. And, and I thought he played well. Mike Thomas isn't going to do that. But clearly he's a part of the offense, by the way. Bross is the guy who was going to do that. And so getting him on the same page with Burrow does matter. It just does. It, whether you like it or not, look, Ted Ginn at 60 years old will be able, Ted Ginn Jr. <laughs> will be able to scare people and scare safeties because of how fast he is, right? It, it's just that's the reality of it. And, and so I don't know where he was. I, I don't know why they didn't try to get him the ball a couple times in space, Um but they didn't. I mean, there there hasn't been any really crossing, you know, quick hitch, quick screen, quick this, quick that to, to a guy like him that can make people miss. And, and if you don't get that, and, and I like that they did that to Mixon in the first half, they got him out there, they got him the ball. And what did he do? Well, he made defenders miss because he's in space and he's going to win those one-on-ones uh, against a linebacker usually. Um, but but I, I agree with you. I, I think that you see the numbers with Joe Burrow. What was it? 36 completions? Is, is that right? 37 yeah. completions, 316 yards. That's insane to me. Meanwhile, Baker Mayfield, 219 yards, nine and a half yards in attempt. Almost double what Burrow had per attempt. That That, that is, has nothing to do with Burrow, the quarterback. That has everything to do with what it, it's been, which was a bunch of underneath stuff and Look, it, it just at some point you're going to have to open it up. And if you weren't going to do it on Thursday night, uh, and, and Zach even was asked about it, and he said, oh, we're trying to hit those. We just haven't been able to. And I don't know how true that is. I know Burrow missed AJ on the very first play of the game, and I like that they took a shot there. But, man, a lot of those drives are 14-play drive, 13-play drive. And, I, and I'll look at them here. I mean, you know, the Bengals scoring drives – they had the one six play drive, but the first play, first possession of the game, fifteen plays. Um, the the one uh, field goal before halftime uh, uh, was it twelve plays. Then they had a fourteen play drive, fifty one yards. I mean, think about that fourteen play drive, fifty one yards. That is insane, Jake. And so I, I agree with you there. And as good as Burrow looks, and all the the checks at the line and stuff, I think they need to take this mini buy specifically the coaching staff, and, and they have to find a way, especially if this defense is going to start to be like this, which you better believe the Philadelphia Eagles in week three are going to try to run it right at them, regardless if Geno's in the lineup or not. Uh, you're going to have to put together some explosives, and you need to have those 20-yard chunk plays because if you're doing that, because that, everyone's worried about Bro getting hit, if you're getting 40 yards here and there, well, that's going to limit the number of snaps. It's going to get him off the field. It's going to protect him a bit. So in, instead of him getting hit, you know, f- five out of every 20 plays, it can be much less than that. I mean, he was knocked down, I think it was 10 times on Thursday night. That's that's just a lot, man. It's just a lot. You worry about the long term. I mean, and, and after the game, he says, I'm fine. I'm good. Which, of course, he's yeah, going to say, he's that. Gonna say I mean, that. Yeah, the, the guy's not used to losing. He's he's dealing with something new here, uh, but but credit him for being mentally tough. You talk about the inefficiency here. In NFL history, there have been five times that a quarterback has thrown 61 or more times and thrown for 317 or fewer passing yards, which was Burrow's final stat line. 
The last time that happened, Matt Ryan in 2013 threw 61 for 301. Chris Winkie in 2001. Oh, my God. 62 passes for 223 yards. Sorry, that was 2013 for Matt Ryan. Also, only the fifth time a quarterback has completed 37 or more passes with 317 or fewer yards. Four totally other different QBs on the list. The the Bengals, not Joe Burrow, the Bengals have to fix their passing offense because Zach Taylor said they're trying to take the shots. They are. I, I believe that's true. Joe Burrow can't throw them because guys aren't getting open or, or he's mm-hmm. getting pressure. One of those two things is happening whenever they try a shot play. James, we have a lot more to get to in this game. Process over results is something that Bengals fans need to keep in mind. But the process right now, it's uh, it's it's getting hard to see the forest for the trees or something or, or, or show me the light at the end of the tunnel because it's going to be tough for Bengals fans if you ask them to take too much more of this. We'll be back in just a minute to talk about what James heard in some post-game pressers to find out how the players are reacting because I know how the fans are reacting. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays or see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes going inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the NFL's best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, and Devontae Adams. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Jake, one of the things that stood out to me during the, and while you were recording the first segment, during the the post-game Zoom press conferences that the Bengals were having, um, was DJ Reader. And obviously going into Thursday night's contest, DJ Reader was kind of the the key to, to that defense. Can he help limit Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who, as we've noted, ran for 210 yards, three touchdowns. And DJ had a lot to say. And he was, uh, he was pretty angry afterwards. Um, and obviously that last drive, they get the ball. The Browns do after the Bengals scored 555 left. And the Browns don't throw the ball. It's just Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt all the way down the field. I think Nick Chubb might have gotten a carrier too, but it was mostly Hunt and route to the basically the game clinching touchdown. Um, and Reader says, or he said, "quote I got to do my job. It's not tough. It's just knowing how to do your job and doing it, getting it done. You as a reporter, you got to come on there and ask tough questions. My job is to stop the run. 
Our job is to stop the run. So that's what we got to do. I know it's what's got to come up and what's got to get done, no matter what. Whoever's there, we can put my son there, anybody. Whoever's there has got to get stopped. There's no excuse for it. And he went on and he said, you got to want to win. If you're not this pissed off after a game that you just lost and gave up more than 200 yards rushing, then that's not right. You got to want to win. This hurts. It's tough to win in this league. Week to week, it's real tough. So you got to want to do it. You got to put your mindset to it every day, day in, day out. And he he said that the Bengals got to do things in a better light. Uh, You know, culture change. We're trying to bring a winning culture to this team. And I don't think we've had that before. So now you're working on that. That's what comes with it. There, there's a tough lump that comes with it, but there are no excuses. Reader was pissed, Jake, and I don't blame him. And hopefully this is good. And he, he didn't make any excuses. He was asked about Geno Atkins' absence and, and Mike Daniels' absence. But he was uh, he was pretty fired up, and you could tell how intense he was through my laptop screen on the uh, the virtual meeting with the nose tackle. Imagine being DJ Reader being one of the best run defenders in the trenches in the entire NFL and, and having that happen to your defense. And it's not DJ Reader's fault. I think the only tackle for a loss the Bengals had in the game was DJ Reader. And it was shocking when it happened. I, I was doing my whole play-by-play thing, and it was like, wow, the Bengals got a tackle for a loss. They, they, they had a couple plays where they hit guys at the line of scrimmage and then got dragged a couple yards. But you can just imagine being DJ Reader and how upset you must be. I mean, yeah, he's playing against or playing beside guys that, you know, weren't in the Bengals plan to start the year. Two of them from the practice squad and freedom, Akeem Moladoon and Amani Bledsoe, who played a lot. Amani Bledsoe did. And Christian Covington, who they traded for, who wasn't going to make the team in Denver. So, yeah, they miss Geno Atkins. Yeah, they miss uh, Mike Daniels, who came in to replace Ronell Wren and, and Josh Tupo and Ryan Glasgow. But the defensive line was awful. And, and the tackling behind them wasn't much better. And, and I have to obviously watch the individual players, but the edge guys, no pressure. And, and, and to be fair, the Browns did a great job of, of scheming for Baker. They, they had a lot of rollouts, a lot of good play action mm-hmm. plays. There wasn't much of a chance for the Bengals defensive line. But when they had a chance in the run game, in the pass game, really not a whole lot. Uh, the, 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 the other side of this, and let's finish on a positive note, James, a couple oh, Browns players. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, we, it's hard, right? I tried to start on a positive note, and the positive note and, and that we're starting on and ending on, it's both Joe Burrow, right? Like, he played a sure. good game. Mm-hmm. He, he really did. And, and yeah, the deep stuff uh, is there. Balling. Yeah, and the deep stuff will come. I'm, I'm convinced of that. But Baker Mayfield on Joe Burrow after the game, he said, I heard the rave reviews, and you can tell it's true. The hype is real with Joe. I thought he played extremely well, being decisive, keeping plays extended, taking care of the ball. He did a good job. Of course, Burrow did lose a fumble, but it's hard to blame him for that when you just let Miles Garrett free on a stunt. Uh, I think that, that Baker speaks to the things that Joe did well. Miles Garrett also had positive things to say about Burrow. He talks about not being phased by the rush, doing a good job, being tough. And Burrow did extend some plays. Had a fa- T. Higgins first catch in the NFL. Fantastic play for Joe Burrow. Excellent yep. play, extending it, finding the guy, perfect throw. Perfect throw to Tyler Boyd in the flat that Tyler Boyd just drops. Perfect throw to A.J. Green in the back corner of the end zone. This time there's pass interference. It doesn't get called. And 
you know, he, he has a great throw to CJ Uzama. His first touchdown is a perfect throw. The touchdown to Tyler Boyd, fantastic throw. So the game is littered with good throws for, for Burrow and it's recognized by the opposition and maybe the, maybe the football team isn't a good football team. There's still 14 weeks that we'll find that out. There's still 14 games for that, but the quarterback through two games, despite whatever the advanced stats that I talked about earlier, despite the efficiency that you might complain about for the passing game, the quarterback seems legit. This is his second NFL start with no offseason. I, I don't see how you can complain about Joe Burrow right now. No, you can't complain about Joe Burrow. And it's funny when you were talking about how they the, the scheme for Baker Mayfield and how they rolled him out and they were doing all these things. Man, it's the Joe show. The, the first drive you saw it. I mean, he he's the one making checks at the line and doing all that stuff and and making the calls. And it's it's just different. Like his level of responsibility versus a, a third year guy like Baker, I think, is is already different. Right. Because when you're talking about Baker, you're like, oh, well, they need to. And, and I've heard it plenty of times. They need to roll him out and do play action and, and get him on the move because that's how he thrives. And with Burrow, it's like, oh, he's going to thrive how you you just put five wide out and he'll diagnose it, right? Or, or whatever you want to do, he'll make it work. And I, I think that's the difference. So I, I, there's no doubt Joe's special. It's just, it's frustrating because you have him going out there busting his ass. And in a lot of these guys, like, you know, Boyd's another one where you're busting his tail. And I, I would say AJ's in that category. And there are a lot of DJ Reader. And you lose to a team that you probably didn't have as much talent as but you really didn't give yourself a shot in the obvious parts of, of the your, your deficiencies you didn't show up and you didn't show out at all you know because honestly thursday night was a time for fred johnson to show that he deserves to be yeah. a damn starter in the nfl <laughs> and he he whiffed worse than oh, you know man. joey Votto at a curveball when he's in a slump i mean fred johnson awful man and we know what Bobby Hart is, and it, it, not just those two guys. I mean, Jermaine Pratt was bad. This linebacking group struggled all night long. Um, it, it, yeah, you're right. It's an opportunity for some of those defensive linemen. No one stepped up. By the way, Carlos Dunlap, where was he? I, I still haven't seen him. No. Sorry. I, I just went negative. I'm not trying to. My point is Burrow's <laughs> balling out. Burrow's balling out. And you want some of these other guys to follow suit. And it's it was unfortunate because there are going to be a lot of people, especially nationally, after that performance that are like, man, Burrow, he's a baller, but he's getting hit too much and he's on a bad team. So just, just brace yourself for it. I, I'm sure you'll see it plenty on Friday and moving forward. Process over results. That That's the mantra for, for Bengals fans. Process over sure. results. Uh, the one other bright spot in this game that like really stood out as a bright spot, Brandon Wilson kick return, still, still the best mm. kick returner in the NFL probably. And baller he's, dude. He's, yeah. When he gets his chances, he's, he's chunking them. And, and the Bengals had pretty good field positions a, a few times because of that. So James, we're going to take a few days off. We're, we're going to let this thing simmer. And we'll be back on Sunday at some point when the rest of the NFL is playing. The Bengals, like you say, James, have a mini bye here. So they have a little bit of a chance early in the season, get Thursday night football out of the way, get healthy, get some things figured out. Just one last note. I just want to send some good wishes to CJ Uzama. Suffered an Achilles injury. There was no update after the game, but it didn't look great. Just wanted to send some some good energy towards CJ because he's just a fantastic dude and... uh 
you just hate to see it. So, so send him your good vibes and let's hope he gets healthy and, and gets back sooner than later. Until next time, Bengals fans, a who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.